Hello and welcome back to the Masonic Roundtable, a weekly program where Masons from around the world get together to talk about Masonic news and opinions in a friendly and social manner. Uh, as a reminder, the thoughts and opinions expressed here are solely the opinions of the participants and do not represent any Grand Lodge statements or positions. Make sure you keep your conversations open for the public and on the level interact with us we love seeing you live every thursday night on facebook and youtube land uh chats are always fun there's a lot of information always shared and just remember your chats may show up in the show if you can't catch us live always catch us later in the chat replay in the facebook youtube replay or on your favorite podcasting app Let's see. Uh, you know me. My name is John Ruark, and I am a past master of the Patriot Lodge number 1957 in Fairfax, Virginia. All right. Next up for his introduction, let's see. Jason Richards, how's it going? <laughs> that going good. Well, how are you? <laughs> yes. Yes. The screaming my, goat my makes a return. Screaming goat minus ears because my cats are demons. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, Jason Richards here, Past Master Vacation Lodge number 16 in Clifton, Virginia. Rush Chairman, damn glad to meet you. Awesome. All right. And next up, Joe Martinez. How's it going, Brother Joe? Hello, Brother Joe. See, who am I? Brother Joe, Dill Worshipful Master of Manassas Lodge, number 182. For five more weeks. Five more weeks. But who's counting? Life master in perpetuity. Negative. Um, member of all other things. And as always, damn glad to be here. Awesome. And I think uh, we have RJ in the Mobile Masonic Command. How's it going, Robert? Hey, things are going great in the Mobile Masonic Command. <laughs> appreciate you guys uh, uh, all putting up with crazy Masonic schedules. But anyway, Passmaster 78. Yeah, Waukegan in uh, Illinois, and current secretary, as Joe likes to say, for life, for life. I don't know, for Masonic organizations. Nice. Well, that's awesome. Glad you could join us uh, in Mobile Masonic Command. So, uh, and Masonry appreciates everything you do driving around. So, go crush those degrees. All right. Uh, let's see. Next up, want to. Give a special shout out to the patrons who support the show. You guys are awesome. So head over to patreon.com slash the Masonic Roundtable. We just rolled out uh, a new chat functionality. So the only the Knights and Squires get their own private chat with us. So if uh, you can't wait till Thursday nights to watch us live or Friday mornings to get the, uh, the podcast, you too can chat with us anytime, any day of the week. So head over to patreon.com slash the Masonic Table and check it out. Like really any time. Like any time. Test it out. Text me at two AM and ask me for a dank meme and you will get it. <laughs> I you will get a hundred of them. He's, he's not you get, lying. You he's get not a wrong. whole smattering of memes <laughs> at two AM. Great. Now we need a memes channel. Okay. A plethora of But it's gotta but dude, it's gotta, it's gotta have like a like a signal component where they can just disappear into the ether at a certain <laughs> Snapchat. point. Snapchat. Yes. Coming, coming next, the oh. Knights and Squires Snapchat. Oh gosh, some of those do not need to remain <clears throat> electronic forever. Yeah, yes, that's true. Yes, but yeah. That I'm one sorry. picture from PA. We're all on the level. Okay, so let's. Um, thank you, patrons. Let's move over to the next segment that you always know and love: the Tarot Card of the Week. Tarot Card of the Week. We need a song for we that. Need a jingle. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm not singing every week. But yeah, so um, for the folks that can see us, uh, not the audio folks, uh, I, I had a tarot cam set up, um, but it broke. So I am still tarot camless, but I promise oh. I will get that sorted out. So did you yeah. did you point the lens directly at your face? I did. Um, <laughs> no, that makes sense. Yeah. Yes. You probably shouldn't do that. Just through a mask. <laughs> yes. So today we're going to do one of my favorite tarot decks. All right. Let's see it. Yes. Star the Trek. Napal tarot deck. Nice. Yes. Ooh. Which is, um, this was a reprint. Uh, I know some of y'all are awesome and have the OG ones from 1929. It was also reprinted in the 1950s, I think. Um, but this is, and this is the OG size of the tarot deck. It is much smaller. Than a normal tarot deck, as you can see. But uh, and here are the cards. 
and, and, the, and the box the box even like the label yeah. is pasted on yeah it's like old school it's dope yes mm-hmm. so the tarot cards they're even a little bit smaller it's also than- like a hundred bucks and yeah. i'm like ugh. Yes, um, your bucks for a tarot deck. Yes, forget Soda Stream. We need a tarot sponsor. Yeah, <laughs> for our Soda Stream obsession. But yeah, so uh, here's the cards. They're Napa. They were um, illustrated by mm-hmm. Augustus Nap, J. Augustus Nap, who y'all know is an awesome, awesome occult artist. He did all the um, illustrations in lots of Manly P. Hall's work, especially Secret Teachings of All Ages. I forgot that. Uh, That's cool. Yeah. So, cool dude. All right. So, let's shuffle them up. And uh, again, sorry, I don't have a tarot cam, but I promise next time I will. Um, and let's see what we got here. Ready? <laughs> Not until they go on iOS. Yeah. There we go. All right. Six of cups. Six of cups. Ooh. Nice. Right. Six of Cups. We've, we we've had we've had the six, six of Cups before. That is uh, more of your childlike innocence, I believe, right? Which I have lots of. Yes. Um, yes. In the in the Rider weight system, that is the one where uh, you got some kids with some cups and some flowers, and uh, yeah, it always brings back nostalgia, good memories, youthful innocence, right? Which is good to have when you're skulls with flowers growing out of what? Their, their it's skulls. really it's really a John Ruart card because <laughs> what? it's it's a feminine card, a feminine energy card. It shows like a plethora to use the word again. It's uh, Jason's favorite word uh, of children and happiness. It's you, it's you. It's your whole family. It's it's my millions of kids. Yeah. Okay. It's, yeah. I mean, all I'll your it's you all your tax breaks. I mean, um, <laughs> deductions. <laughs> You're not yeah. wrong. You're not wrong. <clears throat> How's a libertarian beat the tax system? Children. Yeah. Children. <laughs> 29 children. Come on, man. You're giving away all my secrets. <laughs> oh. So, yeah. Good times. Yeah. Good times. Well, speaking of being pure in spirit, let's talk about elections. All right. So, we decided to choose this topic uh, because we're approaching election season. Halloween is behind us. We're now approaching, no kidding, real world election season. And I thought, hey, what a better time to talk about Masonic elections through the use of balloting. We'll talk a little bit about how do, how do Masons do balloting, how it's different per jurisdiction. We've actually collected some data across a variety of jurisdictions. And, uh, you know, basically, how do we elect our leaders and are there protocols and decorum that we have to follow when we do that? So this would be a fun episode because, spoiler alert, they're not all the same. Nope. What? The only thing universal about Freemasonry is the name. That's right. <laughs> right. And that's not even true. Yeah, that's true. Are we three letter, four letter? Do we have a key? Well, I don't know. So. Uh, ew. <laughs> ew. Audible. Ew. All yeah. right. Um, so, Jason, why do we ballot in the Masonic administration? In the Masonic organization, we are elected to receive the degrees. And that means you as a practitioner, you must petition a lodge to join and receive your degrees. And because, you know, this is a mystery school and not simply a social club. Ish. Um, you know, you must then, uh, the lodge must then, uh, hold a vote on whether or not to admit you into the lodge. And that is a process called balloting. Okay. So we got like, um, electronic voting machines, like, like they have for the elections, right. And you could, you fill out your little Scantron circle and feed it in. Actually, actually you do it by mobile phone. Um, yeah, like they do in like Sweden. No, you're referring to the crap talking they do right before they ballot. They do that via mobile device. <laughs> yeah, they're like, yeah. oh, I can't wait to blackball Joe. That's right. That's <laughs> right. So, no. Uh, I was no, we I don't should. do electronic. Uh, wouldn't it be nice? Balloting. Right. So what do we do, Joe? Well, 
most jurisdictions can't speak for all. But most jurisdictions, in general. If, we're just, if we're talking about uh, a ballot for the petition for the degrees in Freemasonry, we use a ballot box, a wooden ballot box with round white balls. And more often than not, black cubes. What is this, like the 1840s? Like we couldn't because afford anything better than you know, pieces of paper, pencil would work too? Well, you know, funnily enough, Jason said it. Um, you know, this is where the term, this is where the, all right, right on. Alfredo, Good luck, Alfredo. My vote mm-hmm. to receive the degrees will be held on Monday, November 6th. Well, don't mention us. Just keep quiet till Monday. Um, yeah, like we are not going to help your chances at getting elected in most lodges throughout the country. <laughs> Correct. We appreciate your support, but just keep it hushed for now. Yeah. But anyway, uh, what I was going to say was the term blackballing, which is a common term, it mm-hmm. comes from using a ballot box. The Freemasons. And, yes. And traditionally, back in the day, we used to use black balls, round black balls. You had white balls and black balls but well, people were smart enough to be able to tell the difference now correct. we have to use black cubes well i don't think it's a smart thing i think it definitely comes with age um you've got I'm some really old sarcastic old i mean sarcastic too I'm, really old masons um and you've got old ballot boxes i've seen some ballot boxes that have balls that are legitimately gray like they're not even white anymore um so you know you i kind of can't be sure of what, uh, what we're talking about when we're talking Sorry, about the ball. A little, a little choked <laughs> up there. Yeah. So, we're all 13 uh, year olds. Yes, we are. But so many, many years ago, talking about the old bad idea to take the balls and make mm-hmm. them cubes. Make black ah. cubes. Black yes. cubes. So you could feel the difference when you're sticking your hand in the ballot box. <laughs> so we're that's double good. Ponderous with black cubes. That's cool. So be- because, uh, yeah, you don't want to accidentally cast the wrong vote you know by accident right you want to be deliberate about yeah what you're what you're voting for ball you're gonna grab. because it is, it is you know we <clears throat> we make jokes about the the ballot box but it it is a hugely important piece of of the organization and a hugely important piece of freemasonry like you know if we are an organization designed to to be open to good men who we can make better then it presupposes that not all men should be Freemasons. Exactly. It's not a, it's not just an open door to come right on in. We talked about guarding the West gate previous episodes, right? So this is actually one way to execute uh, democratic power so that uh, we can choose who we want to join the organization. Um, so that, that comes with great responsibility, especially as, as a member voting, right? When someone is trying to join, like, you have literally that that candidate's you know uh, masonic journey in there in your hands when you when you vote mm-hmm. right uh, because you can easily cast them aside so um so let's talk about that so in general what has to be true in order for this vote to pass well in general the petition has to have been brought up in lodge twice Mm-hmm. It has to. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> um, <clears throat> uh, for those playing the audio game, uh, there's a new uh, <clears throat> Apple. Thanks. Thanks, Apple. iPhone um, thing that recognizes gestures and gives confetti and balloons. Uh, and when I gave the two sign, <laughs> balloons popped up in front of me. Um, you should anyway. give that a thumbs up. So jealous. Funny enough, it doesn't work with obscene gestures. A boy and his toys. Yep, we've tried. <coughs> anyway, so no. petition petition must have been brought up in lodge twice and read twice. It has to have laid over for at least uh, what is it a a lunar month. I think Most places a lunar month. Yeah. 28 yep. days. Yeah. And then, um, must be brought before the lodge for balloting. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, so we're doing like U S election rules, right? Like 51% of the popular vote counts, right? 
No. Does, I, I'm getting some. I'm getting some head nods and head shakes. In many jurisdictions, it is 100. <laughs> percent You must 100. percent Yeah. Of the vote <laughs> of the brethren present. So Virginia still does. And members still does that. and members of lodge, right? So let's pull that thread before we go into the exceptions, right? So in Virginia, we have it that it must be a unanimous vote, and that is declared by the master before voting. Like a unanimous vote is necessary to elect, right? That is there for a reason. So that means that harmony must prevail in that lodge and that there cannot be one dissenting vote to allow this person to uh, be elected to receive the degrees in Freemasonry. I understand why it's there and I like it if it's, if it's all on the up and up, right? If it's with good intent <clears throat> that if there's a reason that one brother has an issue with a candidate that's, that's potentially coming in, then you do not want to create years of disharmony in the lodge based on that. However, it's very easy to cast a, a, a black cube in secret. Well, I think we skipped that part too. In mm -hmm. most, most jurisdictions, 95% of them, the ballot is secret and it is sacred, right? Meaning two things. So one, you I do cannot not pressure you into finding out what you, how you voted, right? Right. In some places, in, in a lot of places, it's a Masonic offense to inquire as to how someone else balloted, right? Because most and, of these ballot boxes got... And to tell someone else how you yourself balloted. Correct. So uh, we hear the terms, if you're a Mason or in another organization, you may have heard the term the sanctity of the ballot. So... Most ballot boxes, if you've never seen one before, and I think we have one in the uh, the picture for the show, um, there's a place for you to put your hand and you choose the ball or the cube in secret, right? Nobody can see what your hand is doing, whether it's a white or a black ball or cube or whatever. Um, now, I've seen some people, again, you're more advanced age masons that will reach into the ballot box and take it out and look at it, you know, through their trifocals and put it in. That's not supposed to happen. So. Um, the ballot should be secret, meaning nobody should know how you voted, and you're not supposed to talk about it. So, oh, we've got some... A plethora of ballot boxes mm. shown on the screen here. All shapes and sizes and colors, but the, the gist is basically the same. A wooden box you carry around that can hold... White uh, balls or black raisins. <laughs> and then... <laughs> and then... Uh, For old guys. Hey, uh, a little... What? You started to allude to it. You started to allude to the potential problem of a single black cube. I yeah. know that there are jurisdictions that allow up to three uh, negative votes. We're gonna. Yep. We, what? We have, we have some examples. Yes. Yeah. Or or you know maybe maybe some jurisdictions that also do voice votes. What? This is crazy talk. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Perfect scenario. You have 100% of the vote. It's unanimous. That way, Harmony of the Lodge prevails forever, right? And that way, there's none of this. Uh, did did they really want me there? Did really not? It's 100% unanimous. Okay, so that's that's the best but, scenario. Virginia is one of those jurisdictions. But, 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 <clears throat> but, and people are mentioning it in the comments. Um, there could be potential issues with a unanimous ballot system, right? Because, mm -hmm. um, so again, remember the ballot is secret and sacred, right? Nobody's going to ask you, nobody should ask you and you don't feel the need. You shouldn't feel the need to tell anybody how you voted. And the only people who get to see the ballot normally are the pillar officers, the stationed officers, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Because so they confirm the it. No, and they're not supposed to talk about it, obviously. Um, but in most jurisdictions, there are allowances to cast a ballot again if there is some question as to how that ballot turned out. And this goes kind of to the single right. single black cube thing. The master can call shenanigans. <clears throat> Which is kind of nice because it could be an accident. You can you can the master can choose to, you know, basically destroy the ballot and start over. Because it it could happen. I have personally seen <clears throat> where a, a ballot was not clear, meaning that there was a mixed color of, of balls cast. And then when it went around again, it was actually clear. So whether the person's conscience changed or whether they accidentally, you know, picked the wrong one, either way, the vote came up uh, clear the second time. So there, there's a, 
a whole process to allow the the correction to be made. Yeah, it and many jurisdictions like, do. Oh, sorry, RJ. No, I was just gonna say. So it feels like sometimes. I mean, I, I don't want to say cronyism because I don't think that's like the right word for this. But um, in the event that, like, let's say the black cube is thrown and it goes around, and they're like, "Hey, how is it?" Whatever, and they're like, "Hey, you know, it's not clear," and the whatever. Um, there's kind of in, in a lot of the organizations that I've been in they've kind of had this weird sort of understanding that if, if the master calls for a revote, it's more like the master going, come on, stop it. Whereas if he just goes, yeah, or, and then it comes clear. Right. But if he doesn't call for the recast, he's like, it was probably legitimate. Yeah, so and that's, and some, and that's a bummer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah. And, some, yeah, and some jurisdictions actually have it in there. Some some say you know it's up to the master; it's the will of the master whether he wants to allow a reballot. And again, it's only the and all of you know this. It's only the at most the three stationed officers that know what's actually in that drawer or in that box, right? It could be one black cube, it could be twenty four black cubes. So it's usually in most places it's the master's discretion, but some jurisdictions just from the stuff that we got there are rules around it if there's one black cube in some places i'm not going to name jurisdictions because i don't know if this stuff is secret or not probably a good idea yeah um if there's only one to john's point it could be a boo-boo and the master is supposed to reballot spread the ballot again destroy that ballot and start over from scratch now in some jurisdictions if there's two or more cubes in there the master does not have the option he has to Uh, declare it because One might be an accident. Two, yeah. There's two different brothers who are... Two is a data trend. Yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Two points is a line. Which, you know, who's who's to say that that brother just didn't toss two black cubes in there when he went up the vote? So, fantastic point. Some jurisdictions, uh, and I've seen this in a jurisdiction I'm a member of. It's not Virginia, and I'm, I won't name it. Um, they actually count the part, the deacon actually counts the number of votes that were cast to match the number of people Good. in that room. Now, in Virginia, Ooh. we don't do that. We don't do that in Virginia, which I... which We don't do that in Chicago there. either, buddy. Yeah, and I was like, that's kind of interesting. You know, yeah. what, if, what if there were five black cubes and there were five extra votes? I demand a recount. Well, it's, it's interesting because it, it saves... <clears throat> like, it basically... It... it kind of nullifies this idea of like abstaining from the ballot because as as a member of a lodge, like you are not supposed to abstain from voting for a candidate. Right. And so in most jurisdictions, what we've seen according to the way that their ballot procedures are all members present must vote. Yes. Just like uh, Pascal Dobbins says, if there are 10 brothers present, the master's warden should be counting 10 ballots. What's up, Pascal? Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's that is a way you to just love him for his, his green beans. The green that's the only green beans. They, 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 were, they were pretty Do you good. guys have in your jurisdictions a specific protocol that allows for, let's say, a Tyler to vote? Yes. 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 Do See, you? Well, we really don't have anything spelled out, but it's always just been like, yeah, the Tyler votes. Yeah. So and in general sessions, they, they voted in some goofy thing to like ensure that the Tyler is able to vote. And it's like, uh, okay. If you didn't need that, but I mean, it is kind of weird. So, so the short answer to that is here in Virginia, um, we relieve the Tyler, the lodge is sealed, yeah. uh, during, during the whole voting process. So as soon as the master gets ready to start the process, no one in or out. And that makes a lot of sense because you don't have people <clears throat> slipping in or slipping out, right, to affect the integrity of the vote. No potty so, breaks. Yeah, no if, breaks. if they remember in time, uh, what's customary in, in Virginia is to allow someone to relieve the Tyler and sit outside, preferably a guest, a non-member of that lodge to go sit outside so that the Tyler member of the lodge can, can come in. And, and perform his duty. Yep. Cool. That's a good question. So what about balloting on multiple petitions at once? Oh, yeah, because that did come up. Um, so, 
can you valid because you know, sometimes you might have three or four guys that, that get uh, voted on at the same time. Do we have to read it and, and spread and clear the ballot every time? Especially around one day conferral time. It's, it's a busy time. What do you think? <laughs> um, so the answer is no, you can. No, the answer is yes. You can, <laughs> you can ballot once for the same type of petition. So in, at least in Virginia, they're called different things, right? So if people are, the profane and they want to become a Freemason, they would submit a petition. If a you petition have petition for the degrees. For the degrees, yeah. yeah. If you are like me, who loves to join everything he walks into, um, and affiliate with a lodge, you would fill out an application. So they're different things. So Well, it's a petition for affiliation, right? No, it's an application for affiliation. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it is. Never yeah. thought about that. So if you have three petitions and two applications in Virginia you can ballot on all the petitions at once and then all the applications at once, but you can't ballot on all five at one time because they're different types of things. So hope that answers your question. And I don't think there's a limit uh, on how many petitions hold you on. can hold on at once. <laughs> hold on. But, hold on. Wait so, a minute. Okay. So you're saying that you can, let's say, uh, are you saying Uh, like several petitions at once. You, you got go back thirty seconds like to be accepted, or you mean like when they're elected to receive the degrees? When they're elected to receive the degrees, you can like ballot in once. Illinois. You 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 do have to uh, like vote uh, by hand essentially to accept a petition, and then like there's not really an issue with accepting multiple petitions, but there's hmm. no way that anybody would ever be like, yeah, just lump them all together and then cast a ballot. So, yeah, so that's different. So, and, and I, I'll give you a perfect like, example because Jason brought it up. You'd have to separate them if you had black cubes in there. Right? So what happens? Then that, what happens, so, Joe? Am I missing how you're talking about this? In this, in this second year as master, we had to ballot on, we read eight petitions for the second reading um, the night it was voted on. I think Jason was there. Um, and we luckily were able to ballot on all eight petitions with one round of the ballot box. So just one time cool. now to, to your point, And he left. He didn't want to even hear my answer. Um, if that, and in most jurisdictions, if you can ballot on multiple petitions at once, if it comes back cloudy or dark, then you have to break it up and you have to ballot on each person individually one at a time. Oh, that's yep. a lot. Right. Yeah. Which makes sense, right? <clears throat> oh, 100%. The, the default should be positive, but if there's one negative, you got to find out who that negative is. Yep. Correct. All right, so what should, happens? Should the default be positive, though? Ooh. Ooh. Well, that's I, a really good behavioral economics question. Playing Baphomet's advocate. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Touche. Yeah, that's, a, that's a good call. I mean... Hmm. I so my answer to that is yes because through the process of getting to know the candidate and the candidate asking for a petition um there in an ideal scenario should be an intervention before the candidate submits a petition to the lodge where the mm -hmm. brethren say Hey, this this isn't the right thing for you. Gotcha. And I have seen that occur. <clears throat> mm -hmm. All right. So now let's talk about the small baby elephant in the room, <clears throat> which is uh, what happens for those jurisdictions that allow more than one black cube or black ball to be thrown. I got one. <gasps> you do. Let's, let's do Jason's super crazy insane one at the end. Um, okay. This yes. one's that. That's so the next. One, yeah. Not going to name the jurisdiction. Thank you for the information. Uh, but their laws say this, this recognized jurisdiction in the United States says that it takes three black balls to reject a candidate. Mm. But they take it a step further. The number of black balls will determine, and they say black balls are black cubes. Um, right. It will determine how long you are rejected for. So it says, I'm going to read it. It says, in balloting on candidates for degrees, Three black balls shall reject for one year. Four black balls for two years. 
and five or more black balls for three years. Oh, but that before they can reapply. Before they can put a petition okay. in again. Yep. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of weird. But yeah, there, cool. theirs is, I'm not going to name it. Theirs is three black cubes to reject a candidate. So not one. So not two, two could still allow a member to join. So yep. oh, that, that I mean, that just hurts my head because again, we're talking about the perfect scenario of complete harmony, unanimous harmony. But now, you know for a fact that there are at least two brethren in that lodge that do not want that candidate there, and that candidate has been elected to receive the degrees of Freemasonry. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. Well, let's let's talk about the thing that we've been glossing over uh, a little bit. You know, in that same token, um. There are good brothers or good potential brothers that are coming to the doors of Freemasonry that have been barred by a single black cube. Yeah. So let's look um, at the, the positive part of that. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's I mean, I know I'm looking at people in the comments and I'm looking at people on my Facebook uh, feed right now that are commenting about the show. That I know for a fact have sat in lodge or been in a lodge where something because of the adage of the sanctity of the ballot. They've been rejected to receive the degrees in Freemasonry, and that's yep. messed up as hell. You know, true, um, very true. You know, so well, a- I mean, yes. However, if we hold to the sanctity of the ballot, can we truly ever understand the rationale why? Mm. So yeah, so we can't even fix it, and you can't. Right. If there's a problem, we can't fix it, right? Because of sanctity ballot, complete anonymity. You know, that's getting to to Brother Mo's comment here. I think if someone cast, can cast a black ball, they should be able to inform their brethren why. Well, so yeah, so to answer that question, so this this comes up a lot, and you know, and I uh, I always take guidance from Masons that have been there are Masons that have been Masons for a bajillion years, and I respect greatly, and um, you know, they'll they'll be the first ones to tell you the ones that I you know care about and respect. They'll be the first ones to tell you if you're finding out that there's a problem with the candidate by the time you guys get to the ballot box and something is wrong with your lodge, right? 100%. Oh my goodness. It should not make it that far. It should not make it that far. Correct. Okay. So. Nanya coves you. (laughs) The real question is. I cove you. um, Ooh. What do you think about that? Drew just asked, so thank you. So Metal thank Drew, you, Metal. absolutely you, Metal he Drew. said no discussion before a ballot. Um, yeah, at least in Virginia and oh. in other jurisdictions, the master asks, Does any brother have anything to say? You know, is there any does anybody want to speak on his behalf or or does any comment need to be made? Things like that. Nine times out of ten, nobody says a word, even the ones that may have something to say. Well, and often Two, there's an investigation committee report that's presented right before balloting. So in Virginia, at least, you get the outcome of the three brothers who went to investigate um, the candidate and have a chat with them. And then after that, the uh, the master will ask if there's anyone else who'd like to speak on behalf. I don't know about you all, but at Acacia, I feel like three or four different people get up every single time to say, yeah, this guy's great. Oh, that's a long night. I'm like, uh, I'm cool. going to stand up and talk cool. for 20 minutes like, to confirm that this guy is okay. Yeah. Yes. Yes, but then, yeah, when there's an actual problem with the candidate, like, everybody's quiet. Yeah. Like, Which should be the opposite, right? Right. Yes, should exactly. be speak now or forever hold your vote, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so again, it's just the whole... I, I, I get... I get the understanding of why we would need more than one black ball to stop someone from progressing through the degrees in Freemasonry. And yet I think it's just asking for, again, disharmony. That's the only word I can use is that um, there's always going to be, even, even with the best intentions, even if that person changes their mind who casts the black cube, or, or at least the two brethren who ca- cast their black cube, there's always going to be this air of, you know, just 
we didn't want him here, but now he's here. And so it, it, it but it carries with that, that brother for the rest of his life. He may not know it, but the lodge knows it. And well, he should, he should never know it, right? It's not something that he should ever know that there were two black cubes. It's good. He's going to find yeah. out. He'll, he'll find because out. Because people violate the sanctity of the planet. <laughs> Yay. Right. Right. So he'll find out. But again, it, it's just it's such an odd system uh, to allow that to happen. Um, because the only thing worse than allowing, you know, up to three black cubes would be i guess like a voice vote or something like that like hopefully no jurisdictions actually allow just a, a, a voice vote dun 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 Q-J's. or do they so <laughs> so um we got some really really interesting information uh t- um on this and uh, there is a jurisdiction out there who will at remain least one mm-hmm. nameless at least one where they say a lodge may at its option use voice voting for petitioners if an objection is made to a voice vote however the standard ballot box must be used okay so default is voice like a yay or nay i assume no. and then if there's an a well i mean how would you know like okay wait a minute Wait a minute. If, wait, wait a minute. How does this work? Wait a minute. If there's a nay during a voice vote, aren't you almost guaranteed <laughs> in the battle? Like, what's the point? Okay. So yeah, let's talk back back to behavioral economics then. So this is so, so so strange. Well, so the objection is made to the voice vote, uh, not okay. an objection in so- the, like. Uh, not a nay in so, the voice vote. So there's that one guy in the corner who's like, uh, can we actually do a, a, a cube or a ball and cube vote instead? Well, gee, I wonder how you're going to vote, pal. Yes, I, I see like the appearance of, of that, right? There's um, no appearance. Again, that's just, again, behavioral economics. It, though, that will, who will, re, who will dissent to a voice vote will more than likely be the one who casts the black cube. Yeah, dude. Sure. I have seen it because it happened. Uh, what? In, in an adjacent organization to Masonry, uh, a man was brought up for a uh, vote to, to send him a invitation. And uh, everybody was like, Yay. And only one person was like, Hey, uh, we have to have a secret ballot on this. And I was like, Oh, okay. And sure enough, that person voted no. Um, and then when it went to the master, he was like, <clears throat> So then when we, uh, so the, the master essentially overruled it. Um, because he had the right to do so. And then that person actually made a big deal about it at the next meeting. So hmm. we had to not allow the master to overrule it. Uh, yeah. It well, so, so Eric Schultz brings up a good point. Uh, Mr. Brother. Um, sometimes maybe just to dissent from the voice vote is to prove the point or to force the point of a secret ballot. If I were in that jurisdiction, knowing that rule, I would probably be that one guy. Well, here comes John again, getting ready to descend to the voice vote. We might as well get the ballot box ready. Because, again, that, that helps to pr- preserve the sanctity of the ballot. Um, yes, I know a voice vote would be a lot easier, but, but you lose something with that. But going back to what you were saying about, I don't disagree with what you said, but the optics of the situation tell a different story you know what i mean it, yeah i get you it you got 35 guys in there and everybody's like yeah and you got that one curmudgeon that says uh i think we should do a, a you know ballot. but the thing is is like, it's like really, the only reason is ease and if it's ease then just do something there are any number of technological things that you could yeah, employ at that point right exactly you know what i mean everybody's whip out your phone press two yeah. for whatever that should be one yeah yes Nine point. or something, you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. The amiibo poll. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it should be that easy. Let's do a Kahoot on uh, Masonic Kahoot. Kahoot yes, on right. Robert Johnson. Oh, yep. geez. You, you don't want to see do that. do a word cloud with the yeses and nos. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the, the voice vote, man, that's just so strange. Um, just just because of the awkwardness that comes with that, right? Of of having to audibly dissent, right? And so it it, prom- it promotes a different type of social structure, and that that's where I'm going with this, right? It's it's not just the mere fact that whoever's going to have to vote negative has to force the ballot. Um, it, it, it's that it's incentivizing a different behavior at, or, you know, or incentivizing the behavior that you want. Right. So maybe, okay. maybe let's, let's look, look at it from a positive perspective. It's forcing the awkwardness of that person who has to stand up and dissent. And so it's making it hard for that person to dissent. Now, if that person's a curmudgeon, they don't care. They're going to dissent either way. Right. Is it though, making it more difficult for that lodge to guard the West gate. Right. So mm. here's where my mind is. So again, uh, another passion of mine is behavioral economics, which um, is basically how do you set up an environment such that defaults are easy. Right. And so here's a perfect example of that one, one of the best examples of behavioral economics that I can think of is where in some Nordic countries, I believe it's Norway, but don't quote me on that. Um, the the organ donation rate is something like 95 98% right whereas here in the US it's much lower it's something like 50 60% or or lower and so the question is why and the way that they do it is when you get a driver's license the default is yes we are going to assume you're going to be a donor uh, an organ donor and you must opt out Whereas here in the United States system, to be an organ donor, you must opt in and make extra steps uh, to add that in. So uh, just by that mere change of the environment of of the default to yes instead of the default to no, that changes the behavior and changes the outcome you know, extremely. So what we're talking about now is how do you nudge beha- personal behavior by setting defaults? And if the default is viva voce, right, of a voice vote, then, you know, it's going to make it harder, even if someone really doesn't want this this candidate here, they're not going to feel comfortable in a secret ballot because it's not a secret ballot anymore. If you're the one going, nay, it's not a secret ballot anymore. That's correct. I I thought like how hideous the idea of a voice ballot is actually. And so I asked uh, OpenAI to write an argument in the style of Werner Herzog against voice ballot and proposing a secret ballot. And he said, voice ballot, the mere thought of it sends shivers down my spine. It is an abomination, a violation of the sanctity of our democratic process. So that's what thanks. he said. Thanks, Arnold. <laughs> I, I could listen to that for an hour. That's that's that was beautiful, Robert. I, I appreciate that. You're welcome. Get in the ballot box. I want to see the baby. Show yeah, me I, the baby. I, I, it's not a black cube. I I get back to to what John was saying about our defaults. Um, <laughs> while he's dying or grabbing another beer. Um, Yes. Uh, there we go. Um, to your point, and you know, we kind of glossed over this a little bit, but Jason touched on it. Our default is that a candidate, that someone who petitions should absolutely go through. And is that, is that the right answer? Right? Like, is that, are we setting the expectations correctly? Going all the way back to the, the half-hearted joke of, are we a, an enlightened school of mystery or are we a social club? Because if we are a social club, then yes. The answer should be yes. The default should be yes, unless, you know, he murdered someone or, you know, uh, did something horrible or something like that, which to the point that we've made over and over again, that kind of crap should come up before we, before we get to the battle box. It should not even be a thing. Way before. Yes. But, but yeah, no, it's an interesting way to think about it. Like our default, our mindset is it should always be yes. 
right? And a no is an exception. But is that what Freemasonry is asking of us, you know? Mm. All right. So we have spent you know, the last 45 minutes talking about just the fact of balloting for admission to the fraternity. But we also vote on other things like electing our officers and changing bylaws and all this other stuff. So um, obviously we spent the majority of time on the things that are important, right? I, I, introducing new candidates into Freemasonry. Um, but yet we still have to do a balloting process, an election process, a democratic process in order to do these other things. I really like uh, Robert, do you mind if I share a screenshot of some of the, um, that the pieces that we have to follow in Illinois about the, you know, how, how do you take these ballots and all that? Is that secret or is that something you want me to share? I mean, I don't know if that's secret or not. I mean, it's just part of the constitution of bylaws and there's like legalities right. about our legal standing. So all right. I will I'm sure share. it's probably fine. I'm sure if it, if it accidentally shows up on the screen, I can't be held responsible. Right. But, um, but, okay. but this is interesting, right? Uh, I, I really like how it's spelled out here that for different types of procedural processes, you can take votes different ways. You can do it by voice. You can do it by paper ballot. You can do it by show of hand. You can do it by the ballot box. You can do it just with guilty, not guilty. You can do it with yes or no. Yeah. I have not seen this level of detail um spelled out in any other uh jurisdiction so this is nice it's, so this it's is part of the appendix i mean like each one of those codes actually re like it references the appendix a which is what this is called and really um i i can't say that i i don't know exactly how new this is mm. for me um i think references to the appendix have only maybe in the last seven or eight years been noticed by me, but they may have been there forever. But what is great is like for your secretary, they're like, Oh, how do we proceed with this vote? Well, there you go. Worshipful. Mm -hmm. We can do this, this or this, and you can do a paper ballot and you only need three fourths. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And that's important too. the majority required to pass. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah, awesome. That's cool. That's very helpful, by and, the way. And, and this, right, we should all mention that this is just Illinois, right? I mean, like each state has totally different laws, probably. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm so afraid to even mention the word because I know y'all are going to cringe. When we get to vote by acclamation. Like, you can do that. In, yeah. We can, we can vote to, like, let's say we were going to put Joe in the Worshipful Master Station again. Uh in the election, somebody would say, I would like to make a motion or I would like to suggest the name of Joseph Martinez for worshipful master for the ensuing Masonic year. Are there any other suggestions? Are there any other suggestions? Are there any other suggestions? If there are none, somebody stands up and says, worshipful master, there being but one suggestion for the office of worshipful master for the ensuing Masonic year, I move that we cast that the lodge cast one unanimous ballot for the same. Mm. And then the master has to say, there's been a motion on the floor. Second. So, yeah. Or, so that's boom done. So first of all, that's a crappy example. Um, <laughs> that won't happen. And second of all, <laughs> um, never I say never. I've seen it. Shut up. I've seen that. Uh, <laughs> so if you swap out suggestion and replace nomination, that's exactly what I've seen done. Um, but we call that. So we don't even have to have the, uh, the lodge actually say anything or shout anything or anything. But if there's only one candidate for a position, he can be voted in by acclamation, which is just, hey, there was nobody else. So there's no need for a vote because you're stuck with the job again, which has happened before. So. Um, yeah, acclamation. I hate it. Nice. All right. So we have covered, we've covered unanimous ballots. We've covered the process of balloting. We've covered, uh, in some jurisdictions that more than two black balls will, will stop, stop progress. We've talked about voice voting. We've talked about procedural voting. Uh, 
what have we missed? That's the real question because there's a Grand lot. Lodge. Grand Lodge elections. That's a whole separate. Oh, we probably do a whole show on that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, well, before you get into that, I mean, there was there was there was a comment that again is 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 probably worth mentioning, right? It's that sometimes people will cast negative votes not for the quality of the character of the candidate for masonry yeah because they don't like something about them personally or race someone sexual orientation they said cover racism please yeah and yeah that's their skin who they pray to um love those are all not gonna like ignore that because that is an absolute fact human beings are awful and they're going to despite you know the code of freemasonry being something that does not disqualify a member and that's (sighs) fundamental to the craft i mean that is spelled out in the code right uh at least here in illinois it says it is the uh, moral qualifications of a man that should recommend him to be a member yes. of our fraternity. Yep. Freemasonry knows no distinction of race, color, or creed. Right? Or sometimes it's a, a lot of jurisdictions have yeah. that a similar clause yeah. that says before we vote, we are only going to consider the moral qualifications of the man. And yet the ballot, the ballot is secret. Sometimes, even in U.S. elections, we we ballot because it's a popularity contest, not because of the issues, right? And so, yeah, yeah that's that's the downside to unadulterated democracy. But here we are. Meh, meh. Okay, Grand Lodge, and then we'll wrap up. Take it, take it away, Joe. Uh, I mean, we we would need a whole other show to cover this, but yeah, we Grand would. Lodge. <laughs> <laughs> has its own, you know, some Grand Lodges have true elections where people uh, are nominated and people run for office and people put videos on Facebook of why they need to be elected to this position. Very cool. Some other um, some other jurisdictions, again, certain parts of the Grand Line, they can nominate themselves for or be nominated for. Some jurisdictions, some more archaic jurisdictions, um, it's basically... Um, that whole thing that, that Robert said where, you know, you're, you're voting by acclamation. So, you know, while you hold the card up or you, you plug one of those electronic uh, voting machine things, which some jurisdictions use, that's awesome. Um, some places you're voting in name only where the people all get to automatically move up a chair. Um, and it's very, there, there's no, there's no election to that process, right? The people just move up by default yep. mm-hmm. um, unless somebody gets up, you know, and it gets a wild hair and nominate someone, um, then you will have elections. But for the most right. part, it's an automatic. It's that whole progressive line scenario, right? <gasps> People just get moved up and up. There's and up. no progressive lines in Freemasonry. Oh, Lordy. You got to go to Lodge once in a while, man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Good comeback. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So here we go. Um, thank you for that. Yeah. Th- that truly, that whole process is unique for every jurisdiction. And has their own clause and their own sections laid out in their own Masonic Grand Law, Grand Lodge laws. So that's a different conversation for a different day. Still democratic, but yet every jurisdiction does it a little bit differently. So we could, we could talk quite a bit on that. Um, but let's go to final question of the week and let's open it up. So again, what is the, the wish, right? What is if you were Grand Master for a day? And you were able to amend or change the way that we do elections. So think about it. And it could be from anything. It could be from a simple vote to have a fish fry all the way down to the sanctity of admittance, admittance into the uh, degrees of Freemasonry anywhere in between. Uh, would you change anything? What would you do? Um, uh, or if any, all right. Or, or do you like it just the way it is? So I'm giving you some time to think about that. And we'll start with Robert since he was in mobile Masonic command and finally joined us here in person. Uh, Would you change any of the democratic procedures? And if so, what and why? I think that (laughs) 
I think I would change a couple of things about in general, how the ballot is used in terms of, you know, uh, this democratic process. I think I really like the secret ballot um, with the wooden box, you know, it feels traditional. It feels, uh, old and cozy and comfy and sitting by the fire with granddad. Um, and I think that has a place in the solemnity of the lodge, right? When we're trying to keep away from things like uh, distractions. And a lot of times, you know, phones and things are distractions. Electronic devices for voting could be a distraction. All of those things. Um, but I think also... If I were the grandmaster, maybe I would propose some sort of new techno some some sort of technology that will would allow us to utilize better technology uh, to to accomplish many of these things. I mean, one of the biggest things that just drives me nuts is. Uh, uh, like a Grand Lodge, right? Uh, at Grand Lodge sessions, as Joe was talking about, uh, there's just, it's simply not enough time to put 1200 dudes, uh, allow them to toss a cube or a, a black, uh, a black ball or a white ball. Um, it, so what do they do? They give everybody a registration. Um, all of the sitting masters, wardens, uh, get a, a card or the their proxy gets a card a colored card and they they have to just hold it up they're like hold up your cards brethren right it could be for like legislative changes right and that's how they do it and they have to just kind of eyeball it yeah that looks like uh that looks like two-thirds yeah that looks like half and and that's just like to me is just mind-blowing yeah, I've right. seen that go wrong. I mean, uh, just just as case example, uh, I know we're we're running up on time here, but I would just say like uh, a, like a year and a half ago, maybe last last sessions, we had somebody run for one of the elected positions from the floor, um, and when it came down to um, that, they, they had to actually just write it down on a piece of paper, and then the the DDGMs took all the papers in and took them behind the curtain. And we found out later who got elected and it was a difference of like 60 votes or something. Wow. And I'm just thinking, wow, in a fraternity where nobody was able to, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, campaign, mm -hmm. uh, just running from the floor right there. You know, that's really close. And how do we trust it? How do we trust the system, right? Because the votes go behind the, the curtain and it's all DDGMs who are doing the counting. You know what I mean? It just feels skeezy. Electronic voting. That's it. All right. Nice. I like it. Uh, good, good conversation, especially because, again, I've seen where it's gone awry with, uh, hey, I'm full disclosure. I have seen with my own eyes where the uh, ballot was holding up the the cards because I, I was one of those it was during my year there was a, a amendment that proposed a majority raised their cards and the grandmaster declared it not eligible like mm -hmm. it was negative yep what but that's the way the procedure worked it's a broken process well it's similar for voice votes right yeah that's true jason tell us more about voice votes um <laughs> and take it away as opposed to like answering the final question yes it sounds like you wanted to talk about it so huh. go for so, it so i'm torn between wanting to enable lodges to do what they feel is best at the local level um you know budding libertarian and uh and you're trying to really preserve the sanctity of the ballot um, while I mute John because he is typing and clicking his mouse um, in my ear. Um, hmm. That's, that's a difficult one. I, uh, 
I don't know what I what specifically I would change about the lodge um, voting process outside of perhaps instituting, you know, maybe even an anonymous, not even an anonymous, without instituting like a mechanism for being able to give feedback on on a candidate, um, you know, before the night of the lodge. Okay. Like I, I, so I, what I'm trying to do is encourage more transparency among brothers. And that's why I kind of went back on the anonymous thing. Gotcha. Because that discourages it. I'd rather put mechanisms in place so that the brothers can have more heart to heart, you know, hard conversations to promote the harmony of the organization. Nice. Awesome. Thank you for that. That's that's a that's a good one. Don't know how to fix it, but I, I like where you're going with that. Joe, what would you change, if any? Um, I think that, and, and this is just from personal experience. Um, I've seen the ballot box used more in a negative sense to bar good people from becoming masons, more so than the ballot box being used as it was intended to bar people that are unworthy from becoming Masons. So that is the, that is the thing I'm struggling with because I, I, I also respect the sanctity of the ballot, but I think it is used far more often in my experience only. Um, I don't want to speak for everybody else. It's been used. The sanctity of the ballot has been used as an excuse for people to vote their prejudices. Uh, and I've witnessed it firsthand. Um, that makes me sad. Um, it definitely makes me more than sad, but it's a PG 13 show. So, um, it's, I wish there were some way to change it so that we could discourage that type of behavior. You know, whether it was something that the master could do, you know, the master in most lodges rules and governs and he is the autocrat of the evening. So I wish there was something he could do to discourage that type of behavior. But, and I I know I said it numerous times, the time where a potential issue could arise should not be at the time where a ballot is getting circulated. Right. And if you're, if you're waiting and this goes to all the Masons out there. If you're waiting for the ballot box to go around for you to vote the way that you want to vote that doesn't base your vote, I said vote 14 times, base your vote on the moral qualifications of the person, but instead on the color of his skin or where he goes to pray or um, you know, who he chooses to spend his life with. Um, you suck. You're not a good Mason. <laughs> not a good, I mean, there's no other way to say yeah, that. You, I love it. You are a bad, bad Mason. Um, so again, he's not were, the Messiah. He is a very naughty boy. <laughs> if there, uh, so I don't have an answer, right? Okay. I, I've, I was a problem without an answer in it. it yeah. But, but you're, you're highlighting the inefficiency and potential, you know, harm that it can cause so yeah i mean well and and just the the bad character of some folks in the lodge right or the weak yeah. uh, the weak character of some yeah. folks in the lodge uh how about crab roasts are they allowed to be voted on always voted down oh, crab no. roasts forever yeah. I, I like i like myself a good crab roast all right thanks crab. joe uh let's see for me um first metal drew thank you for giving us a super chat you are awesome so thank you for that <clears throat> um obviously i'd like things uh more digital rather than the the tangible way of dealing with cubes and fumbling with with physical objects there's always uh, a way to mess up that process even with good intention uh try to make that digital try to uh, make that auditable because with democracy becomes you know the ability to have every vote counted and so i am very interested in making sure that 
integrity of the vote is is preserved. Now, what that means, that would mean that really the secrecy of the ballot would have to change. Uh, again, haven't put any more thought into this than the last three minutes of, of the question of the day. But one thing I think that could, could help with that is let's assume everything's digital and everything's auditable. Just like we do in looking at the ballot box, the masters and wardens are the only ones who actually know how the ballots were cast. Now, under this new digital system, the masters and wardens would be uh, the only ones who would know how it's digitally cast and would know which brother is casting dissenting votes. So that gives us a data point. What I would add to that is that if that were the case, now that becomes a Masonic secret. Okay, it's only between the the dissenting brother and the masters and wardens of that lodge. So what that allows you to do is now have that conversation, right? If the master and wardens find that a brother is <clears throat> consistently uh, having casting dissenting votes for particular brothers of skin types of uh, <clears throat> of social preference, etc. Now they can have a personal, private conversation with that brother to say, hey, let, let's talk about this. What do you have going on? Because now you're actually stopping potentially good candidates from joining Freemasonry. And you're the only one. We know you're the only one. And that, that actually gives a little bit of accountability and lets, uh, stops the coward from hiding behind the ballot box. Right. So we're introducing digital auditable functionality and we're introducing also a checks and balance that allows for a conversation. Right. We keep that a Masonic secret, but yet we, we have that traceable so that um, we can we can eliminate some of this redundancy. Haven't thought through it any more than that. Send your hate mail over to me. I appreciate it. TheMasonicRoundtable at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing your thoughts. Otherwise, this has been a fantastic episode. Uh, covered a lot of ground. And I think, uh, yeah, we probably could have a whole other conversation on Grand Lodge voting as well. But for tonight, we've covered the ballot. Go out and vote um, in your usual outside of the lodge. And... Uh, do what's best for you and, and what's best for your conscience. With that, I want to say thank you very much and keep searching for more light. Have a good night. Wow. Four more years. <laughs>